Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever the time may be that you are listening to another Thursday edition of the Illuminated Word Podcast. As always, I'm David McLean, and might I just say, I Hope that you are enjoying the comfort that you are surrounded by right now because I'm assuming that you're sitting somewhere uh, in your house or maybe at your desk or sitting in the car driving, but that you're surrounded by air conditioning. Unlike me, who as we speak, I am in South Mississippi at a camp, which means there's gnats and mosquitoes, horse flies, and of course heat. So, of course, I guess one could say if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. So maybe I should just stop complaining and uh, let's get to the, let's get to the reading for today, which is Luke chapter seventeen, verses seven through ten. Jesus speaking, he says, "Which one of you, having a slave tending sheep or plowing, will say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? Instead, will he not tell him, prepare something for me to eat, get ready and serve me while I eat and drink, and later you can eat and drink?" Does he thank that slave because he did what was commanded? In the same way, when you have done all that you were commanded, you should say, we are good for nothing slaves. We've only done our duty. In full disclosure here, you know, sometimes in these readings, you know, we get the readings each week, what we're supposed to do on our podcast. And sometimes there's eight, nine, 10, 15 verses, but sometimes there's just three verses. And sometimes those three verses are kind of a challenge. You go and you turn to them and you say, well, what am I going to say about this? You know, this is not going to be very long at all. And then there's these times like today when I turn to these three verses, three or four verses, and and I stop and go, huh. And it dawns on me that I don't think I've ever spent much time reading this, uh, this parable of Jesus. Because it is a parable, uh, albeit a short parable, uh, that he uses for an illustration. Uh, it is... Uh, one of the most or more obscure parables of Jesus. Uh, I don't even think it's really noticed in most books on the parables. Uh, sometimes commentators skip over it, really with just little to no thought. Uh, and, and yet, it contains really a precious pearl in it. Verse 10 contains the only recorded instance in Scripture where Jesus uses the word duty. Uh, but in this one instance, he made it so... Uh, really comprehensive that nothing more needs to be said to recognize that duty was a major subject of his teaching. And he taught us all that is necessary to know uh, about duty and responsibility by a simple illustration and application. And so Jesus says, if you have a servant in the field who's doing his job and he comes in at supper time, you don't make a big fuss over him as if you were his mother. You don't tell him to sit down while you fix his meal. You know, that's not what you do at all. You you expect him to carry on his duties or responsibilities as a servant and get your meal. Jesus says, does the master thank his slave for doing what he was commanded? And the answer is, of course not. And if that seems harsh, I think it's because we are reading into it uh, sort of an unjust relationship between a master and his servant. Uh, if we put it maybe into a modern setting, Uh, Maybe it's a little bit easier to see what Jesus was getting at. I've worked a lot of jobs, a lot of different jobs, uh, since I was 16. Got my first job at Pizza Hut uh, as a waiter. That was hands down the worst job. I would never want to go back and do that again. 
I worked there for six months, and then I went and worked at Winn-Dixie. I was a cashier, and it was okay. It wasn't a terrible job. I served as a bag boy, but then probably one of the better jobs I had was I moved to the photo lab. That was a great job. Did that for three years, three and a half years. Uh, I worked at Chipola College uh, in the TV department, producing uh, videos and, and hosting news uh, shows. Uh, I have washed uh, trucks for the Centos Corporation on the weekends. I've worked at Pizza Hut again as a driver. Um, I've, I've, I've held several jobs, but pretty much in every single one of them, I, no, not, not pretty much, definitely in, all, in every single one of them, I had duties and responsibilities I'd take care of. And so let's say, for example, I, my first job at Pizza Hut, I was carrying out a, a tray of drinks uh, and I spilled that tray of drinks all over a customer. Now I say that because there was one time I actually spilled uh, two drinks all over one customer. It was really bad. Uh, obviously, I would get in trouble for that. If I took the drinks out and I didn't spill the drinks on the customer and I came back and no one applauded me or bowed down to me or gave me a reward for doing such a great job, like, why wouldn't they do that? Wouldn't that be kind of silly if every time I had come back from doing what I was supposed to do, they'd be like, oh, yeah, great job. Yeah, no, because it's kind of understood in your job as a server that you're not going to spill drinks down the back of your customers. Uh, it's kind of that idea of that we all have duties and responsibilities that uh, we have to do. And we shouldn't be expected to be showered with praise. You know, I could go uh, into parenthood as a father. There are things that I have to do. There are duties and responsibilities I have as a father. Um, you know, and it's always kind of bothered me a little bit that, uh, and I've tried not to do this myself because uh, it's kind of easy to accidentally do it or, or get you caught up in it, but kind of always bothered me when, when dads will, uh, you know, spend a night with the kids and let mom have a night out or night off or whatever. And, and then he makes sure to tell everybody, look what I'm doing. Well, that's kind of actually part of your responsibility. That's part of your duty as a father uh, is to care for your children. So we shouldn't be expected to be showered with praise when we're doing what we are uh, commanded or when we're doing, you know, we're, we're fulfilling uh, our responsibilities. And that's what Jesus is saying. We have all kinds of relationships in life that, involve obligations. We have duties to our family, our, our neighbors, our employers, our church, even our nation. And these duties are the basic factors in human relations. They're so basic that we're expected to fulfill them without patting ourselves on the back and thinking that we are great for doing so. Uh, you know, in other words, if you, if you take care of your family, don't expect a, you know, to be on the cover of Life magazine because that's your duty. Uh, don't expect a thank you card if you pay your taxes or, you know, uh, if you don't run over somebody for 10 years, don't expect the traffic department to send you a medal because it's your duty to drive safely. And so there's things that we do. Uh, we shouldn't gloat or expect to be named person of the year or, or get a Nobel Peace Prize because it's our duty to uphold uh, those responsibilities. So now, why did Jesus have to emphasize this? Well, I think it's because he knew the heart of people. He knew our hearts and its uh, susceptibility to that cancer that we call pride. You see, in verse 5, his disciples had asked for increased faith. And Jesus told them that they could do miracles if they had faith uh, small as a grain of a, of, a, of a mustard seed. And Jesus knew that, that eventually they were going to receive the power to do miracles. And so he gives them this short parable to warn them against pride and the danger of thinking that they would, uh, that, 
almost that God would be in their debt by what they would do. You know, it's almost that idea of, hey, God, aren't you glad I'm on your team? Uh, in other words, Jesus is saying with this illustration, remember that everything that you do is your duty to do. It's your responsibility. So don't expect any thanks. And don't even think that God owes you anything. I think Jesus is saying that uh, doing our duty is the foundation of our life. And really, we haven't even started to build until we are settled on that. And it's really in our society, I think we are burying this idea of duty or responsibility. Everyone demands their rights, but they dodge their responsibilities. They fight for their rights, but they flee from their responsibilities. You know, this idea that you have duties and responsibilities, they balk, you know, so many in our society that, that balk at that idea. Well, why? Why, why do I have to do that? Why do I? I shouldn't have to work 40 hours a week to, or more to provide for my family. I shouldn't have to get two or three jobs to be able to afford my bills. I shouldn't have to work five days a week, six days a week, and, and miss out on things I want. You know, and if you're not hearing that, just take my word for it, that those are things that are being said in certain circles, that I should only have to work three, four days so that I can be with my family and you know enjoy my life and not have to work for what... Uh, I want. Really? Why is that idea out there? Well, it's because duty is hard. You know, having responsibilities is hard, and especially when no one thanks you for it. You know, uh, duty of morality does not make anyone a hero. It's just the expected thing for us to do and and live responsibly. I'll tell you, I'm driven mad by duties. Uh, There are responsibilities that weigh on me all the time, and if we're not careful, we come to despise our daily duties. We can go to work, do our jobs, pay our bills, you know, go to church sometimes, <laughs> and no one ever thanks me. No one ever uh, thanks me for being a dutiful parent, a dutiful employee, a dutiful citizen. Very seldom uh, to never are people thanked for doing their duty. Uh, responsibility is a, a big bore, you know, uh, so... People become uh, responsibility dodgers, and almost like the priest and the Levite. They pass by on the other side. You know, I was hungry and you gave me no food. Thirsty, you gave me no drink. Yeah, but duty is so boring. I was sick and you visited me, or you didn't visit me, and I was in prison and you didn't come. Yeah, but nobody would thank me if I did. Yeah, and duty can be dull, but to, to dodge our responsibilities, that's, that's dangerous, it's deadly. Many tried to escape uh, duty altogether. Uh, there's a, a little poem that was written that I read one time a long time ago. Uh, it said, I wish I had a ticket for Siam. I'm getting bored with where I am. But when I am in Siam, why all I'll do is wish I had a ticket for Peru. Well, what can we do if we can't evade it and be happy? And if we can't escape it and be happy, then we need to embrace it and be happy. We can put our duties and responsibilities up where Christ put it and recognize that that is the path to happiness. Jesus says uh, to apply in the spiritual realm what is true in the natural relationships of life. So, you know, if you give a man back the $10 you owe him, don't expect him to shower you with devotion. Uh, You know, you gave him nothing but what you have received. Uh, So he's made no profit uh, because you have done your duty. So in our our service in the kingdom, if we are completely committed and obey all that Jesus commands, remember 
you know, we have brought no profit to God um, because everything that we do, we do by His grace and power. We need to recognize this and then let that humble us and be aware that we can never do more than our duty, our responsibility. It is your duty uh, to do all, and, and having done it, if you claim no merit, uh, you know, really, we can claim merit, but what is it all compared to what Christ has paid for us? It's just this idea that we all have responsibilities. We all have things that we have to do, uh, and we don't even have to really like it. Uh, think about this. I, I personally don't, and I know no one who monthly jumps up excitedly and says, Oh, let's pay the bills. And then they do it so happily. No, no, it's one of those things where you're like, you do it because you have to do it. If you don't do it, you don't get that stuff anymore, right? You do it because you have to do it, not because you necessarily want to do it. Uh, and so that's the same as is true in our service to God in the kingdom. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Charles Kingsley wrote, There are two freedoms, the false where a man is free to do what he likes, and the true where a man is free to do what he ought. You put those two together, and what, what, what is it we ought to do, we're supposed to do? Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty. You know, it's not my duty to feel good or be happy. I can't control that sometimes. But it is my responsibility to keep God's commandments and do His will. That's something I can choose to do. Maturity is doing what you are supposed to do just because you're supposed to do it. Not because it's exciting. Again, let's talk about monthly bills. But people don't want to be bogged down with duty. When Jesus said, go the second mile, though, He, he didn't say you had to enjoy it. He just said, go the second mile. There are things you do because he wants you to do it, and not because you want to. These are the acts of obedience. Love is often expressed in duty. Love is not all emotion, uh, because it's through acts uh, that we choose to do, which makes it clear where our loyalty is. We don't just say our love in words. We show our love through our actions. Um, prayer is not a privilege, but it's also, uh, or prayer, sorry, prayer is a privilege, but it's also a duty. We're obligated to pray for one another. We are commanded to pray. And so really, it's, it's better to pray badly than not to pray at all. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said, If a thing is worth doing at all, it's worth doing badly. In other words, uh, duty is to be done even if it's not done well. Uh, we don't pray for one another because we're so holy or so eloquent or superior, but because it's the loving thing to do. And, and love is our responsibility as Christians. It's our highest duty. Sometimes duties and delights do go together. I mean, it's it's my duty to love my wife, and, and that is also enjoyable. It's my duty to raise uh, my children and provide for them, and this, uh, you know, often brings great pleasure. Sometimes it brings, you know, great sadness and frustrations and headaches, and but it also brings a lot of happiness and laughter and pleasure. It's our duty to learn what the Bible teaches, and this can be one of life's greatest pleasures. But regardless of the pleasure, these duties are an obligation we have before God. And so the point of all this is there are many things in life that we're supposed to do and do them just because we're supposed to. And if we have obeyed God, we have only done our duty and we should regard it as a privilege. 
You know, do you sometimes feel like that maybe you deserve extra credit for serving God? You know, hey, I should get a little extra check mark and extra star on my chart. Remember, obedience is not something extra we do. It's our duty. So Jesus is, is not suggesting that our service is meaningless or useless, and, and he's not advocating with doing away with rewards. But what he's doing is he's attacking unwarranted self-esteem and, and really spiritual pride. Jesus wasn't saying that the master was right to be unappreciative either. I want you to notice that. He doesn't say that that was a great attitude on the master's part. He wasn't saying the master was right to be unappreciative. Jesus was using an example familiar to the people from that culture and really to focus on the correct attitude of a servant. A servant did what he had to do with no expectation of praise or reward. Jesus wanted his disciples to see that strong faith should not lead to spiritual pride. Our, our prayer should not be based on an attitude that says, if I do this, then God will give me that. Because God gives on the basis of his grace, not as a reward for good behavior. And so, in our we kicked off our summer series, our youth summer series, past Wednesday night, and and, uh, and Hinton Horn, the speaker, he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, Jesus starts with "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of, uh, kingdom of heaven." Before he goes into anything else, because there's this idea that, or this not idea, it's the fact that we have to start with humility. We have to start with realizing that without God we are nothing. That without Jesus we have no hope. That there is nothing that can fill us. There is nothing that can fulfill us. There is nothing that can bring us the joy uh, and happiness that a relationship uh, with Jesus brings. That we have to realize that we are poor in spirit. That we have nothing. Because if we don't get that down, then everything else that follows, it's not going to be... We're not going to find peace. And we're not going to be peacemakers if we don't realize first that without Jesus, we have no peace and we find that in him. And so I just believe this is another one of those, uh, uh, this is a parable that kind of hits at that factor again, is that we need to have a sense of humility about us and that we, we serve, we fulfill our duties because that's what we're supposed to do. You know, there are things that we're supposed to do just because we're supposed to do them. Uh, and not to let that, not to let our judgment get clouded or not to start thinking that it's all about us and how awesome we are, but to realize that we have everything we have because, because of God and we, we fulfill our duties because of that. Um, so this week is a little bit longer than last week's, uh, but if you combine the two, then, you know, and divide by, combine the two times and divide by two, I'm, I'm still right on target. Uh, but uh, I'm so glad that you uh, listen every week. Uh, I hope that uh, you will tune in again next week, uh, each day, as we go through a different part of Scripture, learning what it means to us, or what it means then, and how it applies to our lives. hope you've been blessed by this podcast in some way. And I hope that you've been looking for ways to be a blessing to others around you as well. So until next week, have a blessed week.